It's a happy Thursday. Don't forget, tomorrow we are going to be live down at the Summerfest grounds. We're going to be uh, down there with our friends from Generac tomorrow doing the show. And that is a show that is in response or promotion thereof, First Responders Day, which is coming up on Saturday down at the Summerfest grounds. So we're really looking forward to that. It should be a lot of fun. And I haven't been down to Summerfest to do a broadcast since 2010 was the last time I was at Summerfest, 2010. So it's been a while. Been a while since we've done a radio broadcast down there. But if you're going to be down there tomorrow and you're coming into the gates, now the, uh, granted the show goes on a couple of hours earlier before the gates go open, but if you head in tomorrow, we're going to be at the, not at the Generac stage, but at the Generac Pavilion, which is right next to the stage or just you know out from the stage. That's where we're going to be doing the show tomorrow. So if you're down at Summerfest, come on by and say hello. And then on Saturday, if you're going to uh, the Summerfest grounds, we're going to be down there uh, doing some volunteer work uh, from 3 o'clock until 6 o'clock. Kristen and I are going to be manning the Fisher House, Wisconsin booth and handing out some information and shaking some hands and, you know, hopefully promoting the ride a little bit. So we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be a good time uh, tomorrow and on Saturday as well. So if you're in the area, come on over and say hello. The no-hitter last night. What a night. What a night. The no-hitter. Uh, Domingo German, or German, or German, depending on how you say it, and I don't know the exact pronunciation because I heard it twice today, so I don't want to. I'm sorry, I screwed it up. Uh, but authored a perfect game last night. Ninety-nine pitches, so it was easy to leave him in, leave him in late in a ball game because the the Yankees won last night, eleven to nothing. It was kind of an it's an up and down season for the Yankees, uh, but. That being said, he had a big highlight last night. And any time you throw a perfect – it's not a no-hitter. It is a perfect game, 27 up, 27 down. A perfect game. Now, it gets thrown last night. I'm on. I got my laptop. I'm sitting there watching uh, SportsCenter late last evening. And I'm watching Twitter. And immediately, there are those who begin they'll, – they'll, I would probably call them the vocal minority, but there are those who begin to negate the perfect game because it was against the A's. And we all know the A's are a bad baseball team. My argument is, first of all, it's a perfect game. A perfect game. It's only the fourth perfect game in Yankees franchise history. It's the first perfect game since... Seattle's Felix Hernandez delivered one back in 2012. Okay? Don Larson did it in 56 for the uh, Yankees. David Wells in 1998. David Cohn in 99. That's it. It's a perfect game. There is no way, no way you can knock it. No way. You know why? Because nobody has no-hit the Oakland A's all season long. The no-hitters in Major League Baseball are down this season because of the pitch clock, because of the lack of a shift. So you to not only – it's not a no-hitter. It's a perfect game. I, I just – Anybody that started knocking on that just because it was the A's has no idea, none, 
Zero baseball acumen. A's aren't a good team, but it is so incredibly hard to no-hit a team, much less throw a perfect game. 27 up and 27 down. And that should be lauded. That should be rejoiced and celebrated in so many different facets. Just, it's, it's, and don't forget, he was suspended 10 games just a month ago by Major League Baseball after using too much rosin on his hands in a start against the Blue Jays. So he's coming back from controversy and does it. So I'm, I was, to watch that, to hear it, to listen to the call again and again and again today, I, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. I, I was with, uh, I was at the only perfect game thrown in Reds history when Tom Browning did it, and it is, it is spectacular, to to be able to say you were there, you witnessed something that is so incredibly unique, and I nothing but praise and nothing but respect. When you it, look, he may never throw another decent pitch the rest of his career. He but but he is the owner of a perfect game. And those are so incredibly rare. So incredibly rare. Walk-off grand slams, they're rare. But there's more of those than there are perfect games. You know? So I'm that I, I can't believe anybody was knocking it. But again, in the years in which we live, it seems to become the norm to knock anything great. And also, here's the other thing. Also, to dub things the greatest when there is a long, long history prior to, which we get far too much from every, it's not just ESPN, but it's, it's every network. Was this the greatest performance ever? No, it, it really, you know, stop. Eras are different. Performances are different. You know, circumstances are different. Players are different. The game itself is different. Rules have been changed and swung in different directions. So, uh, but I just thought that was, I just thought that was rather spectacular last night. So when you have banned the shift, instituted a pitch clock, made it more offensive friendly, and then to be able to throw a perfect game, man, just give it up, give it up, awesome job, awesome job. Um, Mello says pitchers should get a diamond baseball trophy for perfect games. Uh, something, a ring, you know, maybe a ring worth uh, the same value, um, as a, as say a world series ring. I mean, cause there's very few of those, those things walking around world series rings are even more plentiful around than pitchers that have thrown perfect games, right? So, I man. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. If you want to chime in on that, you you can. Um, the uh, Brewers no-hitter. I think there's only been one pitcher to throw a no-hitter. There's been a couple that have combined for it. But isn't it Juan Nieves? Juan Nieves back in, what, 87? 
I think, that threw the only Brewers no-hitter. It was uh, because Bill Schroeder caught that game. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the only throw no-hitter thrown in Brewers history uh, was Juan Nieves. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't didn't Corbin Burns have a no-hitter going a couple of years ago? They pulled him and Josh Hader completed it. Yeah, Bill, you're right. Uh, Juan Nieves is the only nine-inning no-hit game. You're right, though. It was a... Uh, 9-11-2021, I know it pretty well because that's actually my birthday and we were at the red zone for a oh, Badger okay. tailgate on a Saturday night. And oh, uh, wow. it was Hayter and Burns that combined to throw it. And yeah. Burns could have pitched the ninth, but I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I do remember that. I couldn't remember if it was a two-inning save or a one-inning save. Or a one and a half, or one and a third inning save, so to speak. But I, I, I do vaguely remember the Corbin Burns because there was all the discussion the next, uh, the uh, next Monday about whether or not he should have left him in or not. And, and I, I also remember. wanted out there just, just for the notes, CC Sabathia probably should have had a no hitter when he was a, a Brewer for that summer. Because remember, I, I believe it was they had an error. It was originally charged an error, and they changed it to a hit. Oh, I do remember that vaguely. Was that against the Was that against the Mets? I don't. I don't remember the team. I just remember CC was absolutely dealing, and they originally said it was an error, and then two innings later they charged it as a hit. Yeah, I remember when CC came on board because uh, the Brewers were very, I uh, kind of a milk toast, calm, didn't go out of their way to be flamboyant organization. And when CC came on, he got he got into trouble. He had him at first and third. I, I don't even. I, it was one of his first appearances. He had him at first and third with one out, and it was like the fourth inning. Brewers were, I think, either tied or up by a run, and he was struggling a little bit. And he threw a ground ball. Brewers turned a double play, and he screamed into his glove something you could hear throughout the stadium. I mean, just you know, just screaming, "F yeah!" and just pumping his fist and. We, we're all like, whoa, we, we'd never seen anything like that out of a Brewers pitcher before. Like Ben Sheets used to, you know, every now and then he'd get that third strikeout in the big inning and he just would slowly walk off the mound. You know, you didn't see anything like that, you know, where you saw emotion out of a pitcher. And he lit it up, and I, I, I was sitting next to Chuck Freeman at that time, and I said, that guy's going to get him there. That, that was the – because you could just – that was the moment in time. I'll never forget it. That was the spark, and I thought that guy will get in there. CeCe was awesome, man. I he found was a great it. Guy to talk to August thirty first, two thousand and eight. CeCe Sabathia starts against the Pittsburgh Pirates at PNC Pirates. Park. Okay, and that was one of his. That was one of his seven complete games. He struck out eleven that day, but unfortunately, was charged with a hit from a dribbler just off the mound that Sabathia bobbled while trying to make the play. And they gave him, and that was Pittsburgh it, scoring. Yeah, it was originally ruled an error, and then it went back like a couple innings later and gave it a hit, and then it ended up being the only hit of the game. Ah. And in this article, Ned Yost is quoted as, quote, that's a joke. That wasn't even close. Whoever that scorekeeper right. was absolutely denied Major League Baseball a nice no-hitter right there. Yeah. Yeah, God. Yeah, I, oof. Hey, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, we were talking about first baseman and possibly going after somebody. Is there somebody you want to see the Brewers pick up, or do you think they're even sellers yet? 
man buyers I've, yet, I should say. I feel like if they buy, they probably buy, you know, like a couple of relief arms, even though the bullpen for what it is and who it is has been pretty good. And, you know, I know they've been linked to Tyler O'Neill, and I know that they've been linked to other people in the past. I just – tell me why I should believe any rumors that say the Brewers are going to be buyers. Um. I think because two reasons I think the Brewers are going to be buyers. One is because they're close to the top spot in the division. Two, they can't afford another PR hit the way they took last year. They they just can't afford it. Because at what point then do you ask at what what would make the Brewers at some point actually go for something? I'm not saying they got to go in and go crazy, uh, you know, and spend a ton of money and pick up, you know, and get dump dump on the farm system and everything. But you got to do something to try to bolster the offense, don't you? Or maybe pick up a lefty for the bullpen? Well, you know, last the last two years, the Milwaukee Brewers in 2021, I believe they were about the 14th or best, uh, 14th or 15th best offense when it comes to runs per game. But they had a great pitching staff, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then in 2022, when everybody got hurt, uh, they still had a decent enough pitching staff, and the offense was actually 10th when it came to runs per game. Now you look at it uh, currently for all the injuries and how deep right. they've had to go with the the pitching staff, both bullpen and rotation. I mean, it's been pretty good for the injuries. Not saying it's great, but it's been pretty middle of the road, which is all you can ask for when, I mean, you're looking at Colin Ray and Julio Tehran and some of these guys giving you starts. Those are like your seventh, eighth, ninth type guys that you had in your rotation. You were never expecting to really use them. But your bottom five, Bill, right. in runs per game. Your bottom five. The you, no, I agree. Your bottom five in damn near every offensive category. Just because right. I'll nerd out, you are exactly dead last in batting average and OPS against lefties, and you are twenty sixth in batting right. average and OPS against righties. The this the offensive statistics for this team uh, they're terrible. They're, they're just terrible. And it would probably tell you that if it wasn't for the fact that they're in a bad division, they'd be sellers all the way. But what does the metric say when you're right there? And nobody believes Cincinnati's for real. Cincinnati just got hot at the right time. They had a good win streak. They've got a spark out of De La Cruz. But they're pitching nobodies. I mean, they're bringing guys up, pitching them, DFAing them then going to the next guy in the lineup. They don't have any pitching. That's not going to last. The Yeah, they can hit the ball, but that's not going to last. Nobody down in Cincinnati believes that they're a team that's worthy of going to the postseason. So your only competitor then is what, the, the creeping Cubs? So my question is, why would you then have the same bad metric look as you had last year if you're going to become a seller when you're winning the division? Because the Cardinals are done. The only other team that could possibly catch you is the upstart Pittsburgh Pirates, and I don't think they're ready to shine yet. So why why would you dump right now? You know what I mean? I know there are some people around that think that Cincinnati has some staying power. I think offensively they do, but I just don't think their pitching's going to hold up. Their pitching's been just terrible. They're th- they're running guys out there. That, like I said, they're running guys out there. They're bringing them up, signing them, pitching them, and then they're. I mean, then they, either they get DFA'd or sent down the next day. And some of these guys, they don't even know the names. So I, I just 
I just don't think Cincinnati's going to stick around. Now, the only reason they would is because they've got good bats and they play in a really hitter-friendly ballpark down at Great American. So they can put up some numbers down there. And maybe they can just, you know, like the other night against Atlanta, maybe they can just beat you 11-10 to 10 in a slugfest. But I just don't think consistently their pitching is going to win out. I, I just I just don't. Yeah, and you look around, the Cubs, they feel like a team that, you know, if they continue to buy and, and bring people up from the minor leagues, it feels like a team for next year. Pirates feel like a team that's fading. And then you have the Cardinals that on paper should have been the best, but – Man, they've had they're a horrible terrible. year, and their their pitching staff in general has been bad. And, yeah, to your point, well, maybe you give them two more weeks and see where they're at, but I definitely right. feel like they got to be a seller, especially if they can't get anything going. They Offensively, you need Adamas, you need Urias, you need Telez to start doing something. It was good to see Jesse Winker get a couple of hits the other night and actually start to get on base a little bit, but that experiment isn't even hasn't even paid off for them. So... At some point, you got to figure out if you're going to get a bat. I would say you get a you got to get a bat, at least something to try to spark the lineup. Now, that could be something where you just bring it up out of the minor league system. Does Sal Freelich all of a sudden come up? Do you take another swing at Keston Hira? I just because Keston Hira doesn't have options. If he comes up and he begins to fail again, does the does the Keston Hira experiment just go by the wayside and you just say, you know what, he's a career minor leaguer? Greener pastures to another organization, I guess. Just you, you got to let him go because he just can't hit major league pitching. Well, in in my opinion, you have two more things you can do in house, but after those two moves, you're you've exhausted everything pretty much for your forty right. man roster. It's bringing Keston Hira up, but if you bring up Keston Hira, in my opinion, you can't just have him hit lefties or righties. You need to give him an entire you know, yeah. season of at-bats. You can't just play here one day and then take three days off. You have to give them at-bats. And the other one is bringing up Sal Freelich because Jackson Cheerio is probably two years away from the big leagues, right. which is nothing wrong with that. The kid's 19. Like, yep. like those are the two options. Other than that, you got to go get something. Yep. No, I, I would say you get a bat. Maybe you try Keston here one more time, but I agree with you. And And we were talking the other day, yesterday, as a matter of fact, about the manipulation of the lineup. One of the things that I know drives a lot of people crazy, statistically they've been pretty good with it, but when everything is in the bottom five categories, wouldn't you just at this point say anybody who's hot and hitting, they're going to be in a lineup, right? I, I mean, that's what I would do. Let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show to get to. Stay tuned. We'll be back. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Gotta say thanks to our uh, buddy Dave over at Steel Tank Brewing. This year, they are the host and veteran-owned, I might add, which makes it even more special. Uh, but they are the host for the motorcycle ride and the after party that we're going to have. And the Cheap Shots will take the stage over there at about five o'clock on Sunday, September third. And the party's going to be there. The bikes are going to be there. Oconomowoc shutting down the streets in that area, and just I can't wait. Their food is so good. The people over there are so good, and they really stepped up and uh, really 
said, hey, let, let us sponsor this thing. So uh, that's what they did. So they're open Tuesday through Sunday and open for lunch. Stop over on Roebrook Lane in Oconomowoc, right behind the Exonia Bank off of 67. And I finally have seen some, uh, uh, some of the pictures of the big new music venue that they're building. And uh, once they got the piping in and the floor uh, concrete poured, the progress has really picked up. And I can't wait to see that thing finished. And Steel Tank Brewing right there in Oconomowoc. And Dave is the owner. He's a veteran. Uh, Mike's a great guy. He's a co-owner. And it's just good people over there. So we're really looking forward to them hosting the, uh, the ending event of our motorcycle ride this coming season. Um, the phone number is always 877-867-1670. Um, the <laughs> Jason says, tell Mark to go find Corey McGahee, uh, I guess, uh, talking about him being cheap. Again, it's not about cheap. It's about finding somebody for the value that is going to help your team without overpaying. Now, sometimes when you get into free agency, you have to overpay. But when it comes to trades, it depends on how desperate you are. Am I, uh, going back to our conversation, am I going to overpay in a trade? I'm not giving up two or three high-end prospects for a guy that's only controllable for a year and a half and, say, only gives you a 260 batting average. Ain't happening. But would I get rid of a prospect if I'm going to get a guy for a contract that's three or four years? That's high quality. That's high-end bat. That pretty much secures a position for the next three to four years? Yeah, I'd do that. I would do that. No doubt. Uh, Mark says, uh, why do people hate on Mark Atanasio? He's not the guy making the deals. Well, because he ultimately signs off on the deals. That's why. Ultimately, those deals go through him. I mean, let's be honest. He's the guy that... Um, he's the guy that always at least up until recent history now he says he's not nearly as involved but he was always involved he wanted to know everything he wanted to know everything uh maxine says i put it over on twitter by the way i said left fielder christian yelich is he starting to give you that feeling again maxine says yes but i'm doing it with caution we've been down this road so many times before where he hits really well for a couple of weeks and then lets us all down. If he can do it through the All-Star break and come out hot after the All-Star break, I'll really be excited. Good point. If he continues to hit and the average continues to go up and he's hitting with more solid bat speed and power, better contact, and being able to take the ball in many different directions, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd do that in a heartbeat. Uh, let's go to Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the program, the Bill Michael Show. What's going on, man? Hey, hey, Bill. I really enjoy your show. Uh, I had a question about when you were talking about the no hitter and the perfect game, and mm -hmm. you said that they're harder to get because. And by no means, I'm I'm not being critical at all. I'm very. I want to know. Of, I would have thought it would have been easier to have, or harder to have a perfect game when they allowed the shift. But you're saying that it's harder because they got rid of the shift. And, and I'd like to know what your thought process is behind that. Well, because the shift, you could take away players' strengths, whereas now right. you, can't, you can't have the shift. So without the shift, it's even harder because batting averages have gone up a tick. Base hits have gone up a bit as well. 
it's not like offenses are back to where they were 20 years ago when, you know, it's because it, it's dropped what we went through this yesterday. It's dropped like 30 points over the last decade. But it's harder now to throw a no hitter because you don't have the shift and you don't have certain things with pitch clock, obviously, speeds pitchers up. But I, yep, I, it's I harder now to throw a no hitter. And you, you can just look, the sheer numbers of no hitters this year are down compared to last year at the same time. I see you. I see where you're coming from on that end. I was on the opposite end of just thinking, well, the, the shift took away all those hits, all those hits, and mm-hmm. and then when they got rid of the shift, it went up. So yeah, no, I get that. Oh, thank you very much. Enjoy the show. Yep. Appreciate it, man. He uh, he drops off. You get on board eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Give us a shout. By the way, here's another one to think about when you talk about the perfect game. Twenty four pitchers. That's it. 24 pitchers in Major League Baseball. There have been just 24 outings among hundreds of thousands of American League and National League games played going back to when Rutherford B. Hayes was in the White House and 21 in the modern era since 1900. Since 1900. There had not been one in more than 10 years, which is the longest drought since a 13-year gap ended back in 1981. A lot of close calls, but only 24 pitchers since 1900 have thrown perfect games. That's what, I don't care who it was against. That's an incredible achievement. An incredible achievement. Hands down. Uh, we'll get back to the phone calls when we come back. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's the holiday, and you know what that means as we fast approach Independence Day. Looking for a great way to save? Quick rewards from Quick Trip. Your way to earn some incredible fuel savings. Uh, I stopped there today, and I was getting 50 cents off a gallon. 50 cents off a gallon. Uh, Kristen, big-time Bud Light drinker. So you get uh, a couple of the 24-packs, because we're getting ready to go on vacation. Bought two of them, 50 cents off a gallon. Bud Light, Bud Light Premium, Michelob Ultra Seltzers, 40 cents off a gallon. Michelob Ultra, the 18 or 30 packs. Buy two of them, 50 cents off a gallon. Bush, Bush Latte, as they call it, 30 packs. Uh, Buy two of them, 50 cents off a gallon. You can download the Quick Rewards app right now. Stop in any store and pick up your free Quick, Quick Rewards card and start saving the day. The best part about it was... Not only did I get the 50 cents off a gallon, uh, when I was there this morning, I uh, ended up getting, which I used, by the way, I filled up both the car and the boat. So I got the 50 cents off a gallon. And I went in to buy a a five-hour energy, and when I went to buy the breakfast sandwich, it was free. Oh, banner day. Banner day. Uh, Visit quicktrip.com slash savings, and you can see all the amazing fuel discounts. That's quicktrip.com slash savings. And, uh, Right now, you go in, you check out some of those great specials, and bam, you get some uh, you get some money, uh, some pay- less pain at the pump, we'll say. Which, by the way, puts you below three dollars a gallon. 
Think about that. Go back to two ninety eight a gallon. Whoa, jump on that. Uh, Rowdy, I got to ask you, did you guys celebrate a couple of days ago by any chance the 30-year anniversary? Uh, no. No, we didn't. For the Brewers? You know what I'm talking about, right? Mm. Are you talking about? I, I actually don't know. The Racing Sausages turned 30 years old a couple of days ago. Did not know that. So, yes, yeah. we did not We did not celebrate. Did not celebrate with a sausage. I'm going to do that. I forgot to do it a couple of days ago. I'm going to do that tonight. But, yeah, 30 years ago, June 27th, 1993, uh, three racers took to the field. Bratwurst, Italian sausage, and Polish sausage. No hot dog back then, believe it or not. So the brat. The Italian sausage and the Polish all jumped in the uniforms. And uh, that back then, they would round the bases. They would run the bases. And since today, the field is hallowed ground, you can't even touch a blade of grass on a Major League Baseball field without somebody yelling at you. They don't run the bases anymore. But, yeah, they debuted on the field. Famous racing sausages. And it was – but before that – before they actually, the, the, the costume guys appeared, they used to do it via um, like a video, a weird video looking board back then. But now they actually have the racing sausages. And then don't forget back uh, during the 2000, God, I don't know if it was 2002 or three or four, somewhere in there, it was early 2000s, when Randall Simon, the Pittsburgh Pirate, when they were wearing those old soup bowl hats, uh, if you remember the old, uh, Pittsburgh Pirate uh, uniforms from years gone. Yeah, that by. was 03. Yeah, was it? Okay, 03. Uh, when Randall Simon took that bat and clubbed, I can't remember if he clubbed the hot dog or the Italian, but he clubbed one of the sausages and took them down. That was like huge news, man. It was, I'll never forget that. It was just, I couldn't believe how big that, I think it was the Italian. I think it was the Italian that he took down back when it was Clements, the Clements Racing Sausages. And he took it down, and it was just people wanted him charged with assault and arrested. And oh man, that was that was big, man. Never forget that. And we were all sitting there. We because we I was at the game, and we were all sitting there like the dude just hit one of the sausages. Like it wasn't as if he clubbed the hell out of it. It wasn't like he was, you know, beating a baby seal or anything like that. It wasn't that egregious, but it it was nevertheless. It was kind of like why would you hit a sausage running past? But he did. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't like a baby seal. That was a grown man and a sausage, right? It's just uh, it wasn't like Clubber Lang or anything like that beating up on Rocky. It was uh, it was just a slug to the sausage. <laughs> you don't hear those words used very often on the program either. But Randall Simon became infamous not because he was a Pittsburgh Pirate, but because he was the guy that clubbed the racing sausage. I do I do enjoy this headline from ESPN. Simon won't face charges in sausage assault. <laughs> oh, God. I remember when that happened. And, God, Twitter wasn't around. So you didn't have Twitter. I think you had Facebook. But the Internet was really kind of the new frontier. You had MySpace, I think, is what it was back then. And I remember uh, that was back when you would get faxes and people were faxing headlines in Simon arrested for publicly beating sausage and all that kind of stuff. It just, 
It was crazy. It was a fun time. But, yeah, uh, the racing sausages have now turned 30 years old. 30 years old. Since then, they've added the hot dog and the chorizo, obviously. It's no longer four. It's now five. Which, if you're in the betting phase, every now and then they have to let the chorizo win. The chorizo's costume is just so heavy with that big-ass hat. There's no aerodynamicness to it. It's like running with a parachute behind you. You just can't win. So every now and then they got to let the chorizo win because you just can't run in that big hat. The other ones are a little more aerodynamic, except for the Italian. The Italian's got that floppy chef hat on. But the hot dog and the brat both have, uh, or the hot dog and the Polish both have, like, I think baseball caps on. The bratwurst has that German chapeau, if you will, the German, uh, you know, uh, like a businessman's hat, and then the big floppy hat with the Italian and that giant chorizo hat. So, anyway, I don't know why we got on that. But, yeah, 30 years for the racing sausages. So, they'll be uh, welcomed uh, again at American Family Field coming up when the uh, when the Chicago Cubs come to town next week. So, there you go. 877-867-1670 if you want to find us. That's the word, the way to do it. You can also find me on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels. Tom says he should have received a, quote, stiff penalty. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's yeah. Thank you very much for the headline. Funny stuff. Um, I wanted to get it also into. Oh, by the way, Tony says, uh, did you get your family night tickets yet? Yes. Family night tickets went on sale for the Green Bay Packers. I did not. I usually don't go. I hate to say that, but I don't. I don't go. Family night is a it's kind of a made for fandomonium TV scrimmage. And it used to be kind of a game between the defense and the offense and and special teams came into play and such. But it it doesn't have the same luster. They just don't want guys getting hurt. So they don't do it. This it's a glorified practice, basically. It's glorified practice. So no, I don't go to family night. Mike does. Mike will go to family night. A lot of the young guys, it's pretty cool because it's the first time they get a chance to run out of the tunnel. They hear the music playing, the fireworks are going off, the families are crazy. You know, so if you're a Lucas Van S type of player, Jaden Reed, those guys, Musgrave, Kraft, those guys come running out of the tunnel for the first time. They get a, a sense of what it's like to, you know, come into the Lambeau Field territory and feel the pandemonium. But for the most part, it's a glorified scrimmage. So I, no, I haven't, haven't done family night in a long time. I prefer to go to a training camp, uh, which we're going to be at this year, uh, more than a few of them, I think. But I prefer to be at a training camp. You get a little bit more out of it. So family night's for the fans, and rightfully so. It's for the fans. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. A lot more to get to. Um, we also have coming up here in just a little bit, uh, we're going to talk some uh, talk some NFL because we got into the discussion yesterday about pressure on quarterbacks and make-or-break seasons and such. And then the discussion came up again about hard knocks going to New York and Aaron Rodgers and company and how they're going to handle that, and is it beneficial, yes or no. And some former players say, shut up, just deal with it. So I want to get into that as well coming up. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Show right around the corner. Hang in there. We'll be back right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. May I take your order? I'd like nine windows, please. 
Of course. All our products are custom made just for you. I'm hoping they'll match my home. Of course they can. Have it your way. Excuse me? We're talking about windows, right? Yes, we customize any decor. Our design options are virtually limitless, even more customized than your coffee. So you're like my personal barista for windows and doors. Exactly. And you couldn't have picked a better time because if you customize your order by August 31st, you can bundle and save big. Good deal. That was easy. Thank you. Drive through. Pella's premium wood windows and patio doors feature distinguished craftsmanship and nearly endless possibilities. Bundle and save when you customize your order by August 31st at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. say thanks to our friends at every plumbing and heating air conditioning and they're serving lacrosse in trampolo monroe and vernon counties and originally founded by the way by korean war veteran clayton every back in 1969 third generation craig now getting it done and they are big supporters of the motorcycle ride coming up on sunday september 3rd but if you're looking for certain things like say a, a water heater replacement uh sewer drain cleaning some new construction, remodeling, septic system installation, outside faucet repair and replacement. Um, they got it all. Garage heaters, in-floor heating installations. They do it all. Craig and the gang at Every Plumbing and Heating, they have got all of your plumbing, heating, and air conditioning needs in hand. And if you're looking for a job, they are looking to hire. Call them, 608-783-2803. Whether it's looking for a job are you looking for somebody incredibly dependable? 608-783-2803. Again, out in La Crosse and Jackson and Vernon and Monroe, Trempolo counties. 608-783-2803. And thanks to every plumbing and heating because they are big supporters of our motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd. So thanks to them. 877-867-1670. Talking to Brewers Baseball. If you want to chime in, feel free. You can go ahead and get your voice heard. Um, our buddy Steve says that he went back and looked up the Brewers' team batting average, and it's pathetic. What year were they finally good? Well, go back to 2019. They were hitting 246. 2018 as a team was one of the best in a long time. That was 252 as a team batting average. 252 with a team batting average. Uh, they had averaged at that point in time a OPS of 747 as a team. As a team. Let me say this. OPS-wise, for those that do the analytics in that sense, OPS-wise, they have not been below six or below 700 OPS. Um, I'm going back here. Since 1988. Since 1988. They have not had an OPS below 700 since 1988. This year, 675. 675. Right now, the way it stands. The worst, almost the worst all time. Six fifty one. Back in 1976, 
629 in 1972, 633 in 1971, 678 in 1970, and 662 in 1969. They have not been below 700 in a long time. But when you look at the analytics, 675 OPS right now. Yeah, Rowdy. No, I was just going to say, I mean, historical stuff is all fine and dandy, but when you just look at average, I know recently, you know, batting average up until this year has kind of been creeping further and further down and down until there's been a little spike up with some of the rule changes. Well, mm-hmm. OPS has been doing kind of the same thing. I know, we'll say a handful of years ago, the average was about 750, and that's been going 740, 730. So I think if we look at it, probably the average player OPS is probably somewhere around 730 now, if I had to guess. So they're well below that. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at, let's see here, the major league batting averages and statistics for the season. Um, I'm just going with baseball reference. Right now, the OPS average is 729. So 730 wasn't a bad guess. 730 wasn't a bad guess. 729. But yeah, yeah. as a team, you're 675. That means your team's awful. Yep, terrible. Like, as it as as a whole, your team is a below average hitter. Yep. The batting average, the average batting average in Major League Baseball right now is 248. The Brewers obviously sitting at uh, 226. Slugging percentage, the Brewers are at 370. The league average is 409. So that's, just, that's crazy. Uh, I'm just just for comparison. I'm looking at uh, individual players OPSs right now. The mm-hmm. Brewers team would currently be the 132nd best player in Major League Baseball OPS-wise. And by the way, the closest yeah. one that Brewer fans would probably recognize, Trent Grisham, 679. Yeah. It just gives you an indicator as to how bad offensively they are. And doesn't it then turn you around and amaze you that they're even in the discussion for the National League Central? Well, especially with uh, all the injuries to the pitching staff, both rotation right. and bullpen. And you look at the bullpen, I know they've had to DFA a few people here and there, and, and some of them deservingly so. But the mm-hmm. fact that that bullpen is middle of the road and you still have like a stopper in Devin Williams and the rotation has been at least middle of the road with all the injuries, right? it's actually kind of ridiculous that they are this good. And thankfully, the Central in the NL is not very good. Yeah. It's exactly the central's not very good, but I guess for all the people that knock, does this give more credence to Craig Council as a manager, or does this give him less? Bill, we're up against the break here, but I did say this to Ebo a couple days ago, and it was uh, I actually think Craig Council not coming back next year might. might be one of the best things that could happen to the Brewers and their fans. And I had a reason behind it, but obviously we have like two minutes. Okay, let's do this. When we come back from break, we'll we'll get into that discussion because where they're at, as bad offensively as they are, when you start to really get into the analytics, when you look at these numbers and you listen to what, you know, we're saying and going back statistically, historically by years to look at how how, how long it's been since they've been this bad, It's amazing. So uh, coming up here in two minutes, so stay tuned.
Uh, we're going to come back from the top of the hour break, and we'll get back into this as to whether or not it's a good – see, I, I think Craig Council's done more with less for a longer period of time. And what's so amazing is everybody talks about the, the hitting culture and hitting coaches and the ones to blame. It's either a cultural thing. It's either a systemic thing. Uh, maybe it's just the fact that uh, a lot of tinkering with the lineup, which is something we've all discussed at times. So all of that comes into play. So let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back two hours down. Now two hours yet to go on the Bill Michael Show. And this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and Pella. A lot of good stuff going on right now. Right now. At Pella, you can bundle. You can save. They say, hey, look, give us a call. We'll give you the free in-home consultation. Call, uh, call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. Or go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. See for yourself everything that they have, whether it's the, the wood windows, impervia, which is just like fiberglass or stronger, or the vinyl windows, something for everybody's budget. That's our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. That is Pella. WI.com or call them 855-PELLA-WI. Stay tuned. We're going to get more into this discussion when we come back right after this.